in your Bible first to 1 Thessalonians. We'll read a short passage of Scripture from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And then Proverbs 26. now God's word from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For you yourself, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others. Let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Amen. And again, Proverbs 26, turn there as we look more directly at the sermon text. Proverbs 26, 18 through 19. Again, this is God's word. As a madman who casteth firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man that deceiveth his neighbor and saith, Am not I in sport? Or as some of the more modern translations simply say, Am I not just joking? Amen. We live in a world of jokes. Our culture is not short on jokes. You can see this through several ways. The genre of movies that is known as comedy is very, very popular. You have TV channels. Comedy Central is a station that in 2018 was pumped, for lack of a better word, into 86 million households across our nation. You have TV shows, Saturday Night Live, The Late Show, The Late Late Show. Again, not, not commending these things. I'm just commenting on these things. We have YouTube comedians, Dude Perfect, stand-up comedians like Jim Gaffigan, Brian Regan. We have Christian comedians, John Christ, Tim Hawkins. It's also uh, a phenomena joking, that is a part of our lives. It's not just a part of our culture. We're not just in it. But it's a part of our lives. I was talking to an elder on the phone a few weeks ago about this message. And he mentioned right when he 
when I mentioned the topic, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a bit of a teaser. I, I got in trouble, actually, in my marriage with teasing my wife too much. And it's just kind of a data point for us to consider. You know, I, a few weeks ago, I was with my children in my living room playing a game on my, on my iPhones and iPads with my siblings. I'm one of nine kids. With my siblings scattered across Alabama and the South. We're playing a game called The Truth Comes Out. And the computer generates this question like, well, if so-and-so, and one of the siblings is chosen, if so-and-so was to write a book about their life, what would it be called? And of course, everyone throws in an answer, and you're trying to get points, and it's funny, and it's fine you know, as far as it goes. Except in this case, there was something said that offended one of my siblings, one of, my, one of the contestants playing. And Everyone was like, you know, more or less just kind of like, oh, don't get over it, it's not a big deal. But they were hurt. In fact, this person started crying. And at the time, even, even I, I'm being very open with you, I was like, oh, get over it, not a big deal. And then as I woke up, went to bed, and I woke up the next day, I was like, you know what, I need to apologize. We should not have said those things. It hurt them. He said, and this is, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. You know, have you ever had such an experience where you made a comment, a joke, and the person didn't laugh? Everyone else was. Or maybe you were laughing at another joke and wondered, maybe I shouldn't have laughed at that joke. You know, what does the Bible say about this stuff? Is joking a sin? If it's not a sin per se, how, how should it be regulated? What are some thoughts we should have about this phenomena. I'm going to define joking. I'm going to take it from the dictionary. I think it's helpful for us to, when we're talking about our experience, just to take the language that we use and how the dictionary defines it. I think that can be helpful. A joking is a thing that someone says to cause amusement or laughter, especially a story with a funny punchline. That's how I'm using this word, jokes, joking. It is directly in the Bible, at least in two places. I think it's only directly in the Bible two places. Proverbs 26, 18 through 19, that's the usage of the Hebrew there. Um, and also Ephesians 5, 4, which I'll get to later, where Paul says he forbids jesting, as the King James puts it, or probably crude joking. It's related, though. There's, there's, there's several verses that kind of deal with it in a more indirect way, probably at least five other places. Okay, Ecclesiastes 7, 6. Uh, Samson in Judges 16.25, the Philistines were like, hey, let's bring out Samson. He might, be a, he might amuse us. We could joke about him. There's kind of that context there. And, but it's really something that we should see as part of our speech, which the Bible has lots to say, doesn't it? The tongue is a world of iniquity. James says that the mature man or the perfect man is one who is able to bridle his tongue use of his speech. So this is a helpful sermon topic. I spoke to you months ago on the theology of sports. Okay, as a guest preacher, I get to preach on what I want to preach on, <laughs> right? Uh, more so than a normal minister. And so this is part of my life too, and I'm bringing to you the word of God from my own life on a theology of, of joking, and it, this is good for us. The Bible addresses it, one reason. Two, it's all around us, as I've mentioned already. And three, 
We, as Christians, and I hope you're a Christian here this morning, and you actually know Christ, we desire to be holy. Our spiritual forefathers were Puritans, were they not? I hope you understand that. You know, they sought to purify the church, worship, doctrine, and practice. They thought about life deeply. It's helpful for us not just to look at our mouth, to look at a specific aspect. 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And if you know the Lord Jesus Christ and you've tasted and seen that he is good and he's forgiven you of all your sinful joking and all your other sins, then you want to be holy. By his grace, by his spirit, you want to please him. So let's look at this. My doctrine, I'm going to preach to you a little differently. I have two headings, two main sections. My doctrine, I'm going to give to you up front. This is my doctrine. Joking, just as anything not inherently sinful, must be regulated by a biblical standard. It's not saying much. There's probably not a single Christian that would disagree with that doctrine, probably. It's very, very general and basic, but I, I want to flesh it out. Joking... This is anything not inherently sinful. must be regulated by a biblical standard. So we're going to look at that biblical standard. The first section is going to be a biblical use of joking. It's not inherently sinful, in other words. Let's look at a biblical use of joking. And then secondly, a sinful use of joking. As I look at my own life and the life of those around me, here's some common mistakes. Right, that kind of idea. So three points under a biblical use of joking. Well, first we need to establish that it's not inherently sinful, okay? Um, that there is a biblical usage. Now, we need to stop and think for a second. You, you, I, I doubt anyone here is, you know, concerned, well, maybe we shouldn't do it at all. You know, that's probably not your struggle. You're thinking to yourself, we do this all the time, of course it's not a big deal. But just because we do it all the time, does it mean that it's biblical? Okay, you always need to think about the Word of God. Go back to the Word of God. So it's, it, there is a biblical use. We know this for two reasons. Mainly the second reason, but I'm going to give you two. And the first one is helpful. By nature. We're not against the laws of nature. God gave us rational capacity. Dogs can't understand jokes. We have the ra rational ability. We're made in the image of God. We can sense sarcasm. A lot of jokes involve irony and sarcasm. You say something, but the opposite is meant and it's funny, right? And we can recognize that. Because we're made in the image of God. We're made in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. We're made in knowledge. doesn't necessarily prove my point yet. But we're also made with a mechanical capacity. Have you ever thought about that? God gave us the ability not just to talk, but to laugh. I would argue that hyenas aren't laughing. That's the noise hyenas make as a hyenas. They're not really laughing. It sounds kind of like laughter. We laugh. God made us to be able to laugh. Oftentimes we're laughing, not just out of joy. There's a laughter of joy. But a laughter from, from something that's funny. So I think that's helpful. Again, not necessarily proving my point, but helpful. The second and main reason is by good and necessary consequence from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4. And I'm going to read few verses from Ephesians 5. 
verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Now he's going to start talking about practice. Fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient or suitable, but rather giving of thanks. And the King James says jesting. And again, the ESV and other translations would say crude joking. That's what the word means. It's suggesting by good and necessary consequence that there is a joke that would be appropriate. Not all talking is sinful, foolish talking, of course. Not all joking is sinful, but crude joking, jesting, as it's translated. This word would probably be best understood as amusingly coarse or irreverent talk, even buffoonery. Take guns, take sex, take take alcohol. It's not inherently sinful. It must be regulated. So there is a biblical use. Well, second, this is probably the thrust of my biblical usage of joking. Joking... Is, is biblical when it edifies, when joking edifies or builds up. I trust your elder will allow me to use him as an illustration at the beginning of this message here, this worship. I took it as a joke. The, the context is helpful. Last time I was here, I went into the elder meeting and they were like, hey, I don't think we have an evening preacher. Can you preach? And I was happy to do that in God's providence. And that's, it was good. It was good. And this morning... He made a comment to me privately there with the other elder that made me think that he needed it. And I was like, oh, we need it. And he's like, oh, no, no, I just was thanking you. I was like, okay. And he saw my eyes like I wasn't prepared for that. And so he makes a comment endearing me to himself that I would take or maybe to the congregation. And I laughed. I don't know if you heard me, but I laughed. That was a joke. He gave a joke. It was edifying. It's the rule of all speech. Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good for the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Your elder could have said, we really appreciate you being here. Or he could have said what he said. It was a helpful way. Okay? You can call your kids by, your, by their names. Or you might have terms of endearment. Now, some terms of endearment might not be appropriate, but I have terms of endearment for my kids. I'm not going to say here, because it might embarrass them. But when they're older... And I'm privately with them, and I call them by their term of endearment. They remember when they were six years old. And I called them by that name. And they loved me for that. But it's kind of a joke, right? It's kind of funny. Terms of endearment can be that way. I could give many examples. I'm going to give two more examples, because I want you to think about your life. Biblical usage of joking. I had a friend of mine recently point to their child, three-year-old boy, and they say, hey, you know, so-and-so, do squats for Mr. Ketchum. I'm a, I'm a wor- I work out. I, I, that's what I do. I, I like working out in moderation. I have a CrossFit gym in my garage. And so here's this three-year-old boy putting his hands behind his, his head, and he's doing air squats. Perfect form, right? And I thought it was funny. And they were, what were they doing? They were endearing me. They weren't making fun of him. I gave him a high five or something like that. I mean, it was, we were not making fun of him. He was happy. They were encouraging me. Perhaps they were just endearing themselves to me. Um, it was helpful. My one-and-a-half-year-old child, and again, just because this is in my life doesn't mean it's right, but I think this is a helpful example. It's interesting. My one-and-a-half-year-old daughter oftentimes will make a face at me in the morning or when I come home from work. I'm not going to do it. 
But it's funny. How can a one and a half year old girl, you know, girl, do that? You know, she, what is she telling me? She's telling me she loves me. She loves I'm her daddy, and I do that to her, and she does that to me, and it's just funny. It's a joke. I love you, daddy. That's what she's saying. Uh, another example, um, and this is not so much endearing one another to each, you know, endearing, causing love to come between two parties, but it's more of a just a helpful way to teach. My pastor in Opelika is a teacher, and he's doing his pre, you know, pre uh, cl- uh, teachers classes and stuff. They're about to start school, and and he's he's giving a class on the seven laws of teaching by John Milton Gregory. Some of y'all may have heard of that. Except he's giving the seven laws of bad teaching to communicate effectively. So instead of using, you know, in, uh, reinforcing the point of using language that is common to both parties. Okay, good teachers use language that is common to both parties. As far as preaching is teaching, then that's also a principle of good preaching. But he's going to give it the seven laws of bad preaching, of bad teaching. And so he says, let your language be obfuscated by your loquacious eloquence. And it's funny, and people immediately get it. You know, obfuscated means like uh, be an obstacle. You know, you, you, it's just it's just funny, and y'all got it right. So I'm glad. <laughs> and so everyone's in that class, and they're like, "Yeah, I need to be careful this uh, this year that I use good language." So it was edifying. Okay, so joking must be edifying, just as all of our speech. Let me give a third biblical usage. It really comes from that, but we would practically and experimentally consider it kind of a separate idea. And it is when joking rightfully attacks sin. Okay? Elijah mocks the prophets of Baal. 1 Kings 18.27 And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing, or he is relieving himself, or he is on a journey. Perhaps he's asleep, must be awakened. I'm using the ESV because I think they translate it better there. He's joking. He's mocking this God that the devil controls. And he's mocking him. It's a joke. We would consider it that categorically. Yet he's communicating very effectively. And the rest of Israel is hearing this. The laughing of God is not necessarily a joke, but I want to comment on it at this point. The laughing of God, okay, Psalms 37, 12 through 13. The wicked plotteth against the just and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. Again, I, w- I want to talk to you about joking. Joking and laughter are connected, of course. This is a laughing of divine retribution. God is mocking his enemies. We see this in other places. I, I think it's helpful to mention that. Another example in the Bible, God rebukes Job by sarcasm. That's how I would understand it. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? I find that to be a somewhat of a sarcastic way of speaking. You know, for one, God's asking a question. Does it need, he doesn't need to know information. But two, he's just exaggerating this. He doesn't say, I'm God, I'm almighty, you're not. Where were you? when I laid the foundation of the earth. Now, I want to say this. I would need to do more work as a preacher to kind of flesh this out practically in our life. I want to say this. I want to warn you about doing this. Uh, My understanding about Elijah and, and the prophets of Baal, you have known public enemies of God that 
seem to have resisted repentance in extreme ways. You know, we, we ought to not, we have to be careful that we don't mock people. But I would I say it because I do believe it's a biblical category. I do believe it's a thing for us to consider. But I mainly warn you against those things to be careful of. I would need to do more work as a preacher to flesh that out, but I think it's helpful to just say that. So that's a biblical use of joking. I want to spend most of my time on my second section, which is a sinful use of joking. And I have five points on a sinful use of joking. This is where I want to talk to you about your heart, and I want to talk to you about the Lord Jesus Christ as well. So first, a couple of things. You're, you're a Christian here, let's say. You know the Lord. You love Him, and you want to be holy. Well, first, I want you to say that. I want you to think of this. Joking is sinful when it involves lying. I mean, do I have to say that? I think I do have to say that. Looking at my own life, I think this is a helpful comment. Joking is sinful when it involves lying or deception. <clears throat> the, the definition of a practical joke in the dictionary, if you want to understand a practical joke differently, that's okay. I'm, I'm willing to realize that not all practical jokes involve lying and deception, but most of them do. A practical joke, by the dictionary definition, is a trick played on someone in order to amuse others. I remember... When I was about 10 years old, I was home with my older brother and our mutual friend that was about 11 or so, and I think one or two other buddies. And for some reason, my, no, one, no adult was at the house. My mom, my mom left. I can't remember the context. Suddenly, my friend runs out of the room, and he's got what appears to be blood all over his arm. He's like, oh, Sam, help me out. Oh, I'm bleeding everywhere. You know, he's, and I'm like, I freak out. I'm like, oh, man, what's going on? You know, and and I, I'm like... I'm like, I can't, you know, it just kind of goes on for a little bit. And I'm like, oh, mom, you know, where's our, we don't have a cell phone, you know, whatever. Violent, and then they start laughing. He's got ketchup all over his arm. And I feel like a total idiot. This guy was in my wedding, by the way, but we're good friends. But it didn't help at the moment. It made me feel embarrassed. That's what I'm talking about. Now, why, biblically, do I say that joking is sinful when it involves lying or deception. There's two reasons. The first reason is by inference from the ninth commandment. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Okay, in the, uh, the most extreme sin is to be in a public court and to say he did it when he didn't do it. But any false statement is sinful. God doesn't ever say anything that's false. We are to be conformed to his image. That's a whole other sermon. That's the first reason. But the second reason is because the Bible specifically says that joking with deception is destructive. Proverbs 26, 18 through 19. As a madman who casteth firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man that deceiveth his neighbor. And said, and, and says, I'm not I in sport? Am I not just joking? Okay. Uh, you have some different things going on here. You have a joke, okay? Am I not in sport? Am I not just joking? But there's also deception, a practical joke, right? Maybe, maybe there was a fake snake on the grass or something, or you know, something like that. Um, and it says that this guy is like a madman throwing arrows with fire, destroying things. That's the Bible. 
I want you to think about your life. Again, I'm not, you know, practical jokes. I mean, I, you probably could come up with something that doesn't have deception in it, but deception is key there. Deception. Why is deception, deceptive joking destructive? Why is it like a madman? Well, I suppose I'm taking some liberty as a preacher because it doesn't tell us, but this is what I think it is. This is why. It hinders or slows down spiritual edification. Okay? So, the boy who cried wolf. You know, I hope you all are familiar with that concept. You know, are you going to go to that boy later on and be like, hey, can you tell me about how to get to, to heaven? He's a source of error. He has historically been one who jokes around and, and deceives. Deceives, not jokes around, deceives. So here's some questions. Will your practical jokes, which include deception, cause people to doubt you as a trustworthy source of information? When the time comes, to talk about your soul. Will your practical jokes commend yourself to them as an honest and sincere person? Will they take you seriously when a serious time is called for? What if someone in this church needs biblical rebuking? But you're always joking around and deceiving them, and they, they might not take you seriously because you've historically been one who doesn't speak the truth all the time. What about an opportunity to share with someone the seriousness of sin and Christ as their answer? You see how it can be destructive. It can break down spiritual edification. I commend that to you. Secondly, joking is sinful not only when it involves lying or deception, but when it takes God's name in vain. This is, this is important. I really want you to think about this, brethren. Again, I'm, I'm speaking to myself. Okay, the meaning of the third commandment. Okay, the third commandment, you should not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. It's not limited to his name. It's not just limited to his name. Our, our confession says that this commandment requires a reverent use of God's names, titles, attributes, ordinances, word, and works. Okay, our confession says, I'm not quoting scripture, our confession says this, the third commandment forbiddeth all profaning or abusing of anything whereby God maketh himself known. God's name is the chief way, like, like a fundamental way in which he makes himself known. What shall I call him, Moses says. Well, who, what's your name? I am Yahweh. I have always existed. I am who I am. That's a severe way of taking God's name in vain. But you can take God's name in vain in, in many other ways. Our larger catechism says profane jests. And I think it's helpful to mention that our catechism suggests that there is a biblical use of joking. It modifies the word jests, profane jests, specifically making something wholly common. Now here's the biblical argument for this. I've given you the confession. I've explained what I'm telling you. But what does the Bible say? Just because the confession says it doesn't mean necessarily the case. Could could be wrong. Our confession even says that. Well, it's an inference from the law. Jesus says that if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. See, the, the law is full. And you probably understand the fifth commandment to, to not just mean honor your parents, but honor the police officer, too, and the elders. And not just honor them, as in like not disobey them, but give them respect. 
right? Um, I could go on, like murder. Well, don't, don't hurt anyone. There's, there's a whole gamut here. So it's not just his name. It's anything whereby he maketh himself known. Worship. The ordinances of worship, his titles, his attributes. We're not to mess around with God. His word. Okay, that's, that's a brief dis- defense. It's by inference. You're not going to find a verse where the Bible is necessarily just happy, hashing this all out. It's a, it's a proper way of understanding the law of God. Don't take my name in vain. So think about this for example. There's some comedians. They'll have a skit, and they make fun of Samson and Delilah. And it's a funny joke, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm singing about Samson. Samson was a type of Christ. In his death, he delivered God's people. Delilah was a whore. She was an instrument of the devil. Don't make fun of these things, brethren. You know, he, he probably didn't know any better. He's singing a song about Samson and Delilah, you know. Um, you know, worship. We can, we can make fun of worship. You know, we're the Presbyterians. We sit still. You know, we don't do it. You guys are laughing, actually, which is kind of a big deal. You know? Okay. You can make fun of worshipers, right? Have you seen that? You know, you know do all this. No, worship. Worship. When, when God himself, by his spirit, through the mediation of Christ, comes to us and speaks to us, it's not something to joke about. The next time that person goes to worship, they're going to be thinking about that skit, and they're going to be distracted, at the very least. Has anyone ever made fun of a preacher to you? Preaching. The ordinary way people get converted. When I was in the army, um, there's a joke. I was an infantry officer. I, you know, you have, to, you have to do land navigation. You have to know where you are and stuff. And people would be like, "Man, you're like Moses, wandering in the desert for 40 years." You know, I'm saying that not because I want you to laugh at that, right? I'm just giving you an example of how you can make fun of the Bible. That was a that was a judgment of God for unbelief. Listen, you'll go to hell if you don't believe in Jesus Christ. You don't need to make making fun of Moses wandering around in the wilderness. So, joking is sinful when it takes God's name in vain. Joking is sinful when it makes light of other sins. When it makes light of other sins. You know, what do I mean when I say when it makes light of other sins? It kind of calls into question how we should respond to sin. Now, some sins are not as as heinous in the sight of God as, as others. And we ought not to treat all sins as equally. But sin is a sin, and we ought not to laugh at it. Right? Um, there's a YouTube comedian, folks, that they, they have this skit called The Rage Monster. And it's funny, right? A man runs around, he's angry, and he's destroying things, and you're supposed to laugh at it, and it's a sin. A comedian will make fun of Roman Catholics or Mormons. You know, they're, this, the skit is, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Chick-fil-A um, uh, manager and I'm going to hire people and I'm, you know, I'm going to hire certain types of people because we all love Chick-fil-A and they're a great company. Okay, get it. But, you know, oh, a Mo- Mormon. Mm, I don't know about that, you know. Mormons don't believe in the true God. Why are we making fun of these things? Oh, he's a Roman Catholic. Mm. 
You know, it's like, no, no, no. No, sorry if someone believes what the Roman Catholic Church actually teaches. They're trusting in themselves and Jesus and not just in Jesus. I hope this gives you some thoughts. You know, we can make fun of the gen- gender confusion of our day, and we'd be in sin. Because the gender confusion of our day is a rebellion against God as creator. Now, the biblical defense for this, real quick, quickly, because, again, these are just illustrations. I'm just giving you illustrations. You might be thinking to yourself, well, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was fine. Right? How should we view sin? Just because you think something is funny doesn't mean you can laugh at it. Rivers of water run down from my eyes. Why? Why does the psalmist say that? Because men don't keep your law. And it breaks my heart. It doesn't make me happy when I see a little boy angry and giving a huge temper tantrum. That's kind of funny, you know. No, it's not. It says that he needs a savior, and he's, 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 he's mad. He has no self-control. If he was a man, he would murder. It's not good. The heart is deceitful above all things. Desperately wicked, who could know it? Our hearts can laugh at things that God hates. When we laugh, even if it's... Most of this stuff, I think, is not as serious, Right? We tend to maybe, if you're like me, laugh at things that aren't as serious. But when we do that, there's a way in which we're doing what Isaiah rebuked. In Isaiah 5.20, he says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. You know, when we smirk and laugh about something that's simple, we're condoning it to some degree. Not, not to do that. Instead, we ought to give some form of expression of disapproval. Thomas Manton says that our ears can be as guilty as their tongues. This verse is not in reference to joking. It's in reference to some other form of, of sinful speech. But listen to Proverbs twenty-five twenty-three: The north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. Backbiting tongue's not a joke. Someone gives a sinful joke. What are you doing? You're rebuking them. And that's the proper response. Oftentimes, it's just not laugh at a, a sinful joke. It's hard to do. Point four. And this is helpful here, too, brethren. Joking is sinful when it is used as a source of joy that can only come from God. Let me say that again. Joking is sinful when it is used as a source of joy that can only come from God. What am I saying here? Well, I'm describing, I mean, anything that you replace with God is an idol and it's a sin. I mean, marriage can become an idol. Parenting, preaching. If you, if you take that as a source, let's say you're single here and you really want to get married. You can idolize marriage. It's a good thing. But only God can give you satisfaction. Only God can give you happiness. You were created to know God and to worship Him. And you need God. And yet, we can look at, I think some people are so geared toward joking. It's like they're trying to take comedy and joking to to fulfill them. Um, Now, joking does have benefits, quickly. 
The Bible even says this. Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Okay? Again, idolatry is taking something that may even be good and putting it in front of God. Okay? Keep it in its right order and moderation. Okay? If you laugh a lot and joke around, your heart and, it's a heart and lung workout. You lower your blood pressure. You lower stress. It helps your immune system. You, you reduce chronic pain because it increases natural endorphins. These are all good things. But it doesn't satisfy. Because you're not just a body, you're a soul. The Bible says it doesn't satisfy. Proverbs 14, 13. Even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful. And the end of that mirth is heaviness. Again, not joking, but laughter is connected to joking. Ecclesiastes 2, 1 through 2. Listen to the wisdom of Solomon, who sought all these things to please him. I said in mine heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold, this is also a vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth, or gladness, what doeth it? It doesn't satisfy. It doesn't satisfy because we're, we're a person is a body and a soul, and we, we need something much better than just some chemicals going through our body. We have a bigger problem. J.C. Rawls says this, True happiness does not consist in laughter and smiles. This is a long quote, very helpful. J.C. Ryle, okay? Of all deceptive things on earth, nothing is so deceptive as mere gaiety and merriment. It's J.C. Ryle. It's a very strong statement. It is a hollow, empty show, utterly devoid of substance and reality. To be truly happy, the highest wants of a man's nature must be met and satisfied. And what are man's principal wants? Has he a body only? No, he has something more. He has a soul. So you could be a jokester all the time because you're guilty of sin and you like to cover it up. You don't want to, you don't even, you don't even, you don't want to think about your life. Or maybe you're looking for something. You don't even know what it is, and you, but you like attention from other people. And so you joke about it, and it's just, this is what you do. You just pursue this thing, and, and, and you're, you're making an idol out of it. And what you need is God. You know, Jesus Christ died on the cross for sinners so that we might know God, that our guilt might be taken away. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. And so you need Jesus Christ to give you a relationship with God who will satisfy you. Dear Christian, you know, your, your joy, your true joy is rooted in knowing Christ. I don't care what situations you're going in. I don't care how sick you are, how, how, how bad you need money and real things. Rejoice in the Lord. You're saved. You're going to go to heaven. Christ is in control of all your circumstances and he's using it for his glory and your good. And that's your hope. It's everything. And the, and the Bible's full of Christians rejoicing in, in salvation. Psalm 126, 2, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. And we rejoice. Fundamentally in Christ and, and knowing Him, Experiencing Him. He is our joy. He is our source of purpose and contentment. He satisfies us. And when we, we place anything 
It becomes an idol. And it's sinful. My fifth point here is joking is sinful when the occasion calls for Christian sobriety. When the occasion calls for Christian sobriety. I've struggled in my message to you because I'm being pretty general um, because I don't want to create laws that don't exist. Um, And yet I hope I'm specific enough to actually say something. So the fifth point is joking is sinful when the occasion calls for Christian sobriety. And here I'm getting at just idolatry and but just there's times when we ought not to joke. Um, have you ever known a person? Maybe you are this person. Have you ever known a person that you just can't have a serious conversation with? It's just hard to have a serious conversation with them. They make light of everything, and they take it another direction. Perhaps your pastor or one of your elder co- elders comes to you and visits you, and you, you don't... It's not that you're like an unconverted person or that you're, you, know, you, you have some secret sin. You just don't want to open up your heart to them. And you just kind of, everything's fine, we're doing good. You know, just kind of making light of everything. This is when they want to talk to you about your soul. This is, one, this is one very small example. You know, how many people do you know, maybe in your family, you've known them for years. Have you ever had a serious conversation with them about the Lord? There's a time to joke, and there's a time not to joke. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 4, right? To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. It goes on, a time to weep, time to laugh. You know, the idea is there's a time when we need to be sober-minded. I read from 1 Thessalonians 5. Listen, brethren, Christ is hastening. Time is, time is short. Fundamentally, that's our perspective. We're sober-minded, If you're like this, if you, if you tend to kind of gear toward joking more than you ought to, maybe it's because you think laughing is better. The Bible says that sorrow is better than laughing. Ecclesiastes 7. Let me read this to you. It's a whole other sermon, really, but it's helpful. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 2. I want you to think about the benefits of not laughing. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, image of destruction, so is the laughter of the fool. This is also vanity. One other comment here. Again, I'm very aware of, I'm being very general. I want to be general. I'm just getting you to think about the times when you joke. Some of you here aren't jokesters at all. You're very just like, you know. Some of y'all might be different. So I'm kind of speaking to that person. It's not a focus in the life of the godly. I will say that. Joking is not a focus. Again, what do I mean by that? But here's what I mean. Search the scriptures. The life of Christ and the life of the apostles. 
I'm not saying that Jesus never joked. I'm not saying the apostles never joked. That's not my sermon. But there's no record of it in the Bible. It's something to be think it's something to think about. I know of no record of a joke that Jesus ever made or the apostles ever made. And here's the thing that I think really interesting in the book of Psalms, which is the book of Christian experience. We don't have a practical joke or or yeah, I mean, we don't have a joke. It's not there. This is worthy of our meditation. Again, be sober, brethren. There's a time when we ought not to joke. There's a time for that. Joking. This is anything not inherently sinful. Must be regulated by a biblical standard. Brethren, I have a question for you. I want you to think about your joking. Is it biblical? Are there times when you shouldn't say certain things that you say? Do you joke too much? Are you not sober-minded enough? Perhaps you should work and practically think about how your jokes could be tweaked, to be more edifying, to be, to be pure of all deception, to, be, to get rid of all the making fun of God's name. Christ comes to you in the sermon. And this is, this, is, this is 101 Christianity here. Christ says to you, give me your jokes. That's what he says. I'm king. I've died for you. You you live for me, don't you? Give me your mouth, specifically your jokes. Will you not do that for your Lord? I'm sure you will, by God's grace. Amen. Let us take a moment to bow our heads and pray.